Husky fans. This is Max Cerullo, and you are listening to another episode of Yes UConn. And uh, we're back uh, just, you know, one day later, uh, two episodes in two days, kind of like, you know, UConn in 2011, except I I don't plan on recording three more podcasts in the next three days. But uh, I'm planning on watching a lot of basketball, uh, and that's that's what we're going to do today. Uh, Tim Fontenot's here, and uh, we're we're keeping it focused on this here and now. We're doing the 2021 Big East Tournament preview. Tim, we back. UConn is in the Big East tournament. That's happening. How does it feel that, that we are finally here after all this time? It's incredible. And it's great to finally be playing games this season at our third home floor. So uh, watch out, Big East Conference, because you're, uh, you're all in trouble now that UConn's back playing in Madison Square Garden. This is what this program's all about. This is what these guys that are on this team have have heard about for so long, even, you know, before they came here, they knew this is what UConn was about. So it all just feels right again. And UConn going into this tournament hot as everyone else is kind of struggling just makes it even better because you know that this is that kind of year. Yeah, you know, what's funny is that, like, unlike in years past, UConn really can't say that it's the, you know, nobody believes in us team. Like, everybody, they've become the trendy pick. Like, Villanova has fallen totally off the grid basically because Colin Gillespie and Justin Moore have gotten hurt and Creighton, you know, um, that whole situation was bizarre and unfortunate and strange, but it does appear that Greg McDermott will be coaching. So I guess, I guess they're kind of back to full, you know, in theory, they should be good to go, but who knows? I mean, that's, it's, it's been a weird couple of weeks for them for sure. Uh, but besides that, you know, UConn goes into the tournament with a, a lot of momentum. Uh, they are at full strength. They've been riding high and it's uh, crazy to think like that. UConn can and maybe should win this thing. <laughs> like, it's been a while since we could say that too, even during the Big East days, or frankly, even at any point during the American Athletic Conference days. Like, it's it's an interesting fit, you know, to have UConn be the favorite, isn't it? Huh? Yeah, I mean this this feels right, even though, like you said, those last few years in the Big East, that wasn't even really the case. Uh, this is as we've now seen the first time since 2009 that they've gone in with this highest seed into a conference tournament. That team was good enough back then, but we're not going to talk anymore about that tournament because, you know, that didn't end so well. But it, it feels it feels good to be that trendy pick, that, that team that everyone's like, well, you guys better watch out because this team is coming in hot. Yeah, well... It's gonna be fun for sure. So why don't we uh, why don't we hop right into it? So by the time everybody's listening to this, uh, we're recording this on Tuesday night. The games uh, tip off uh, Wednesday uh, today, I guess for for all you listening. Uh, and UConn UConn won't play till Thursday, so we've got kind of the appetizer. And what we have is a triple header. And uh, Georgetown versus Marquette will open things up at three o'clock. And you got Xavier versus Butler. And then last but not least at nine o'clock, we will find out who UConn is playing. Uh, that would be Providence versus DePaul. Um, I, I feel like there shouldn't be a lot of drama in that one, but even still. Can um, I tell you who Providence is going to play or UConn's going to play on Thursday? I just kind of ruined it. My bad. Oh, sure. Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> no, no. I think we all know that it's going to be a UConn-Providence game on Thursday. You, you think so? I, I don't know. I mean, you know, DePaul. Yeah. No. It, if it, hey, frankly, if it was St. John's, then that would be a hilarious uh, rematch because then it'd be like, oh, clearly UConn's going to play St. John's. Well, I don't know. You know, they did lose. You know, DePaul did beat them on their home floor. No. 
yeah, yeah, it should be Providence, but let's yeah. we'll give it. Let's let's kind of let the momentum here build up. So first things first, yeah, Georgetown Marquette, um, fascinating game. Um, Georgetown's been much better than we all expected. I think you know everybody they were picked last in the conference behind DePaul, which in retrospect is was just really disrespectful. They're clearly better than DePaul. <laughs> And Marquette is just the strangest team. Like they'll go beat UNC and Wisconsin and Creighton, and then they'll, yeah, just they're they'll do their Marquette thing and lose like a bunch of strange games. So, um, you know, the winner of this game plays Villanova. So, what do we think? Um, what 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 are our thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think this has the potential to be one of the best games of the tournament. Definitely one of the most exciting. Like you said, Georgetown. You know, credit to Patrick Ewing. I mean, he's building something special. Six and four in their last ten games. And those four losses, UConn twice, Nova and Creighton. So they're they're a tough team to beat. But, you know, Marquette, I just think, like you said, very weird. You can you can go and you can lose to whoever in this conference down at the bottom, but then you can go beat North Carolina. You can get a huge win over Xavier that messes them up going into this tournament. But I think just when it comes down to it, a one-on-one matchup, I'm going to take Marquette. I think it's going to be a really close game, but I just think that they're more efficient at both ends of the floor. I like what they've got with you know guys like Carton and Garcia and Theo John. I think that they're going to have just enough, but I think this is going to be one of those games that Georgetown puts people on notice for the next few years of the Ewing era. Yeah, so honestly, I think Georgetown's going to take this, and there's no rational basis for it. I just feel like betting on Marquette is just a terrible idea, just given everything we've Always. seen. Whatever you think they're going to do, they're guaranteed to do the opposite. So, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I don't have a good compelling case for why Georgetown will win. I just think that they're like they're a solid team. They're they're better than they've been given credit for all year. You know, the uh, the Kudus Wahab versus uh, Dawson Garcia matchup in the front court has the potential to be really fun too. You know, those guys are both bangers. They can uh, they'll get after it. And you know, UConn may have just put Georgetown in the trash the other day. But I don't necessarily feel like Georgetown played that bad in that game. Like, UConn just, like, was awesome. They played yeah. great on both sides of the ball. And Georgetown ended up still scoring, like, 80 points. You know, if UConn didn't go completely crazy offensively, I think what we texted the other day, where I won't use the exact term I described it as, but it would have been a, a pretty stressful, <laughs> it would have been a stressful game for UConn, I think. So yeah. if, if Georgetown, especially if they shoot the way they did in the second half, like, they can make runs. I think it'll it'll be a an interesting game. I think Georgetown can take it. And you know, looking further ahead, Villanova Georgetown in this in the second round. Are we sure that Villanova in their current state could you know necessarily be a lock to win that game? I'm not so sure. So not a lock. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, I just quick going forward. I've got Nova making the semifinals, but not farther than that. I just, you can't trust that team now with Gillespie is such a huge loss. And Justin Moore on top of that, there, there is a very low ceiling for that team in that case. Yeah. Be uh it's, it stinks. Honestly, that team deserves a, like a real, you know, it's weird. I guess. I don't know. Like maybe it's in the, in the grand scheme of things, if you wins the big East tournament, it doesn't really matter. And no one will care, you know, what the circumstances were. But, you know, if right. Villanova is not at full strength, you know, it's not quite as much fun. Like, it would be way more fun to go into the finals and just beat them and at full strength and just be like, all right, you know what? You know, we, we're we back. Now, if it happens, it'll just be like, well, you know what? S- sucks to be you, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. 
whatever uh, villanova yeah. we'll, we'll we'll talk about them more in detail i'm sure so yeah. let's uh let's move on to game two of tonight's triple header xavier versus butler xavier does not belong in this game they should it's cr- it's really unfortunate that they found themselves in this position but they, they had every chance so it, they made their own bed and now they gotta i guess play a butler team that has been weirdly good at beating good teams and terrible against everyone else i guess I don't know. What do we make of this one? Well, first on Xavier, yeah, they definitely, they brought this on themselves falling into this first day, seventh seed, but, you know, they've had arguably the most brutal season when it comes to COVID of any team in the conference. UConn's been hit hard, but Xavier, man, I mean, the amount of times that they had to go on those breaks and, you know, that'll, that'll affect you, but you know what? Everyone had that this year. So you just, you got to make of it what you can I will say in this game, I think they're going to walk through. They beat Butler twice this season by 13 and by 12 points. I mean, Butler can be tough, you know, but I just, I think Xavier's proven that they're too much for this team. I think they walk into Thursday. Yeah, I, I'm inclined to agree. I mean, Xavier, you got Paul Scruggs, you got Zach Fremantle. You, you, their whole roster is pretty strong. I, I was very impressed with them when I, you know, I, I watched them a lot this year, and I was very impressed with them most of the time they played. You know, granted, obviously they laid a few eggs along the way, but some of that is kind of understandable. You know, this team they should be in the NCAA tournament. I think you know they're solidly on the bubble, and they have to beat Butler if they want any chance. But yeah. you know, it's they they should they should do this. It's funny that you mentioned how like they've been hit hard by COVID. This is a fascinating matchup because Xavier played like more non-conference games. I feel like than anybody else. And honestly, in the end, it's a good thing they did because if they hadn't played those seven games in like November, where would they be now? Like, would they finish with like what, like 10, 12 games? Like, it, it they would have legitimately been at risk of maybe not playing enough games to be qualified for the NCAA tournament. Maybe, maybe that's a stretch, but like, it, it's kind of crazy how they, how few games they played in the end. Yeah, no, that's not a bad shot at all. I think that they would have been right up against the wall when it came to that. Yeah, and now I'm I'm just trying to look through the standings now, but Butler was in a weird... So Butler ended up being one of the few teams to actually play all 20 Big East games, which is crazy because they were in the opposite position. They, like, did they, like, they, like, didn't play any games before the new year practically, right? Like, I think they played one, and then they had another pause, and then they didn't actually yeah. get started until the Big East season started. And then, lo and behold, they... they- played the- yeah, they, they played the day before Thanksgiving. They beat Western Michigan. Then they so then they didn't play for another three weeks when they opened against Villanova. Then they had Indiana a few days later. Southern Illinois after that, and then straight into Big East play from there on out. Yeah, so well, yeah, just the three non-conference games. Good for them. I get well. UConn only did two, but you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, weird, weird how that worked out. So uh, yeah. you and I are in agreement here. This is Xavier's game, right? Yeah, absolutely. Has to be, has to be. All right, well, uh, I guess we should actually talk about this game, even though it doesn't feel like there should be much drama. <laughs> so Providence, you know, we, we like to bag on Providence, but this team is, like, not bad, right? Like, they they got some – they're certainly one of the most talented teams in the conference, even if they were also kind of one of the more disappointing. Um, yeah. What do we think of Providence, given what we've seen of them in the last couple of weeks? I think that they've got a really fun duo to watch in David Duke and – uh, Nate Watson, and even the dude with the hair, Noah Horkler, right, if I'm saying that correctly. I mean, they're they're a fun team. They're they're really talented. Ed Cooley's done a really good job with them, and you know, 
they're going to get through. Like, they're going to have no problem with DePaul, I think. I, you know, as much as you want to see a good game, I just don't think DePaul has it, which is unfortunate given the situation that could leave Dave Leto in. But, you know, I think that we're set up for a really fun game on Thursday. So we've seen UConn and Providence play twice. Uh, the first time, James Booknight was not in the lineup and the game was a disaster. The yep. second time, he was in the lineup and it was a totally different story. They dominated. So do we, should we just, is it reasonable to just expect that UConn should kind of roll Providence when they play again? Or is that being a little bit disrespectful of Providence? It's a good question. I think I think I want to give Providence more credit than that, but at the same time, we saw how massive a difference Book Night was. I mean, they went from getting wrecked by Providence, you know, that eleven point loss. It was horrible. It, it felt worse than eleven points, just with like the way the game played out. And then they go and beat them by twelve when Book Night's not even fully healthy yet, as we saw the next game against Villanova. With him now in full swing and RJ Cole getting hot and you know this team building up around them, I think it's it's a good chance that that's another another big win like the like Book Knight's first game back. But I'm not going to rule out Providence giving him a really tough matchup. Yeah, on the Big East tournament court too. You know, you know guys like David Duke, Nate Watson, AJ Reeves. These guys are like really good players. Like, I, I truthfully, I don't understand why Providence isn't better. It's they they had a big missed opportunity. Imagine if Providence had done like you know just a little bit better and snuck into that four or five game. I mean, yeah. I don't know about you, but I would say they'd be the favorites to make the finals on that side of the bracket. But yeah, absolutely. On this I side, that's a great show. on this side, I don't think there's any chance because there's no, you know, I I think UConn should beat them handily, and if by some, re, you know, if Providence were to upset UConn, I I'm not sure that they would really have a good shot at beating Creighton or Xavier. Really, you know that the all the the worst matchups for them I feel like are on this side of the bracket. So yeah. I don't know. Am I wrong? Is that is that uh, is that unfair? No. I mean, credit to them, they did beat both Creighton and Xavier this year. They split with both of them, and they were, you know, they were all really good games. But, I mean, they only, they, they beat them, both those teams, but then they only lost to them by a combined three points in uh, back-to-back games. But they didn't get the job done against everyone else. They lost to Butler, they lost to Marquette, they lost to St. John's twice, they lost to Georgetown. So, they, like you said, they kind of put themselves in this position as, the sixth seed, they would have been incredibly dangerous on the other side of the bracket. And yeah, I think, I think they definitely could have made a run at the championship game, but consistency has been their problem all season. When they lose, they lose in bunches. So that's, uh, you know, that's disappointing to see from them, but they, you know, they're still a tough team. Yeah, it it definitely, you know, and obviously now watch them, you know, lose to DePaul and then this entire segment will (laughs) seem pointless. Just a note on UConn. One thing I think it just kind of bears mentioning too, like we, we have not seen UConn in quite a while just be better than other teams. And I think that is just kind of a great spot to be where, you know, throughout almost the entire American Athletic Conference era, there was never a really a time where you just were like, oh, UConn's clearly going to beat this team just because they have the two best players on the court. And for the last, like, four games, it's striking how much of a difference it's been when you have Booknight playing at his full strength, and he's clearly one of the best players in the country. And now RJ Cole has really become, I think, the player that we all hoped he'd be when he transferred to UConn in the first place. 
And, you know, what do you get now? Like, you go on the road, you play Georgetown, it's close, and then you just, you win. And then, you know, you have these other games against, you know, just pretty much every game they played the last, like, month almost, it seems. That's just been how it's gone. Like, they just beat the other teams simply because they're better. And uh, it's been refreshing to see. Uh, so, you know, just as far as, I guess, whoever their first opponent is and however this goes, it's it's fun to be in a position now where you can go into almost any game in this conference now and just be like, well, they have the best players on the court. So, you know, that's all there is to it, I guess. We'll just see how it goes. Yeah. I mean, they've been, you know, we've been for years. One of UConn's problems has been their inability to just close games out, put their foot on the other team's neck is the phrase that I used to hear all the time in the locker room. And we're seeing this team lately is putting teams away. If you look back to the end of January when they beat Butler, only one of their, let's see, they've got seven wins, including that Butler win, in their last ten games. Only one of them has been inside ten points, and it was that eight-point win against Xavier on the road the game before Book Knight came back. I mean, that's, that's impressive. And, you know, it doesn't matter who the opponents are, like, that's... We've been we've been missing that for a long time with this UConn team, and they're putting teams away convincingly now, and that's just that's really good to see. Yeah, one other stat I think I heard. I, I want to say it might have been on the CBS eye on college basketball, where or maybe it was a tweet I saw somewhere. But it, apparently, UConn is number one in the country when it comes to covering the spread, and if you think about it, that makes sense because it feels like every game it's either really close. Or they're ultimately they win somewhat convincingly. So I don't know. That's a, a there's something to yeah. that. Like they they have not been blown out once this season, and just even the games that they're just awful, they still have been competitive, and that's a that's definitely a change. Um, so let's do the quarterfinals then, and let's why don't we start with St. John's Seton Hall because that's like I feel like a huge 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 game. Um, yeah. These teams are interesting. St. John's is overachieved big time, except for like the two games that they absolutely had to win that they lost. Uh, that DePaul game, of course, being just absolutely devastating. That pretty much knocked them off the bubble. And yet I can't help but think that St. John's could conceivably win this whole tournament if the right things happen. And then Seton Hall, kind of in the similar boat, like they've torpedoed their, you know, their, you know, their bubble, you know, resume basically. You know, if you looked at their last five games of the season, you think you would think, oh, they should have won all these games, you know, and then UConn would have been a toss up. And what happens instead? They lose to everybody. It's now here. Now this is like just a huge, huge game. You know, the winner of this game will give itself a real decent chance to make the NCAA tournament field. And I have no idea what's going to happen. Do you have a I don't know. Do you have any sense of what this is going to how this is going to go down? This is the game of the tournament for me. I think this is hands down going to be one of the best games we see the entire week. Probably the best. Just with what this means to both teams, with what's on the line, because the winner of this game, I think, goes to the championship game, without doubt. I, you know, unless you unless you think that Georgetown's going to give them a, a big game in the semifinals, because I don't see Villanova getting into the championship game. I think that this is... I think this game decides who plays the the UConn, Creighton, Xavier, Providence side, and I like you know it's it's a tough one because one Seton Hall has been as you said just disastrous lately. They've pretty much taken their own bubble and popped it, 
and now they're just in this desperate situation where they need to at least make the championship game to have any shred of shred of hope. And if you think about it, like just given the way it's set up, they might have to win this whole thing just to just to hear their name called when they really had a chance a few weeks ago to put themselves in as a as an at large for sure. But you know, St. John's just went down there without Posh Alexander and beat them by ten. And they did. They crushed Providence without him as well. And if he's not back, that's definitely a big factor in this tournament. But you know they've proven that they can take care of the Seton Hall team without him. So I think the St. John's has to be the favorite here. I can see them winning by you know at least eight points in this game. I think it could be another big win for them and really build some momentum as they look to head to the championship game. And Seton Hall was leading eighteen to nothing to start the game. Yeah, like. You want to talk about uh, how it started, how it's going? That's as, I mean, there you go. Like, I actually literally took a screen grab because I remember this game, uh, it was supposed to be on, I want to say, Fox Sports 1. And before the game, like, there there was like a NASCAR broadcast or something. And so that was going long. So I was like kind of, you know, waiting like, okay, what's, what's the story here? When's the game going to start? And next thing you know, finally, after a while, they're like, all right, yeah, we're going to go to, you know, the St. John's Seton Hall game now. And then they go over and all of a sudden, like the score, it's 16 to nothing. And I'm like, excuse me, uh, what, what happened? <laughs> so I like took a screen grab of like the screen. And then of course later, you know, the St. John's would end up coming back and winning. And boy, I mean, that's a kick. That's a kick in the teeth of your Seton Hall. And they've had some real, like, I feel honestly, I feel bad for Seton Hall fans. They've had like some real wild losses this year. Like that loss to yeah. Creighton. They, they blew that big lead to Creighton earlier this year. Just, uh, you know, a couple of close losses to some pretty solid, you know, uh, out-of-conference teams. Man, I, I, I do not envy those guys this year. Um, no. I don't – I think St. John's takes this. I hope Seton Hall wins because I, I want Seton Hall to make the tournament. So I feel like it, it would be really fun for Seton Hall to win this game, to get a shot at a weakened Villanova. And remember, if they beat Villanova, the computers aren't necessarily going to care that Colin Gillespie isn't walking through that door. They're going to see Villanova's total body of work, and it's going to factor in, you know, you know, win versus Villanova, regardless of the mitigating circumstances. So Seton Hall has an opportunity. I hope they take advantage of it. I don't think they will. I'm pretty sure St. John's is going to take this, and those guys are going to be kind of left, you know, dealing with the NIT. Yeah, I think that's fair. And if I could say something that might anger a lot of UConn fans, just real quick, St. John's was projected to finish ninth in this conference in the preseason coaches poll. They come in as a hot four seed. I, <laughs> I know we all want Dan Hurley to win coach of the year, but you can't have that conversation without talking about what Mike Anderson's done with that team. I think Mike Anderson's been the favorite for a while, to be honest. In fact, to be yeah. honest, I don't think Danny Hurley like really came on my own radar until the last five games. Because before that, we were all just kind of waiting and wondering and hoping, and then then it happened. Whereas with St. Yeah, John's, exactly. like we we saw like that happened pretty early on. And you know, let's give let's give Patrick Ewing some respect too. I mean, this team. Oh, yeah. Remember, they were picked to finish last. And they they won some pretty they they did pretty well. I think that those are the three clear uh, you know clear guys at the top. I I, I don't know. I, I don't feel like anyone's gonna get mad at you for suggesting that Saint you know Mike Anderson over Dan Hurley for that's defensible. Not like you know some of the other yeah. you know conference picks over the years that we don't need to rehash again. No, absolutely. Um, all right. So we think so. Villanova versus the winner of Georgetown Marquette. Where 
I guess calling is that are we calling that a toss up? I guess or it, maybe what what do you think there? We we just re, like a quick uh, thirty like twenty seconds on that game. Yeah. So I so I went game by game. And I just wrote a couple bullets and then I wrote pick with a note and I just said Villanova, but don't rule out Marquette because obviously we were split on who we have winning that first game. But I just I I worry about this team without Gillespie and more. I just don't think that there's enough to get them to get them to the final and. I think they can scrape through against the winner of that 8-9 game, but I just, I'm just i not fully confident of it either. It'll be interesting, that's for sure. All right, well, the last team that we haven't really talked about yet would be the, the next game up in the quarterfinals, and that would be Creighton versus the Xavier Butler winner. Boy, um, I'm interested in seeing how this one goes because, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Creighton lost both of their most recent games against these teams. Is that right? I think you're right. Yeah, so I'm just double checking that, but they let me tell you they they haven't lost every game since beating Nova by 16, but they haven't looked good since then. Even before before everything came out with McDermott, I just was not convinced by how this team was playing. But they so they beat Butler by 20 to end the season. Oh right, but they yeah. did lose to Xavier. Um, a couple weeks ago, they did lose, the, but they did lose to Butler, though. I think it must have been one. Of, must yes, have been their first game. Yes, earlier in the season in OT. Getting that, getting my games mixed up. Yeah, you know yeah, what? Actually, no, right. I I need to. I guess I uh, you know public correction. And yeah, they they looked awesome against Butler the other day. Actually, they you know Marcus Zagorowski had thirty two points and they uh, kind of rolled. Honestly, it was very impressive. And now that you mention it, uh, but yeah, the, but before that though, yeah, boy, like they they did not look good against Villanova. They did not look good against Xavier. They've had some real struggles. I don't understand this team. This team could look awesome sometimes. Like they have tons of talent. I think they might be the most talented team in the Big East, to top to bottom. Like their whole starting lineup is a bunch of ballers. Yeah. And I don't know, but their consistency just clearly isn't there. They've lost some real head scratchers. Uh, so you know, I I think you and I both agree Xavier should be in this game. What do you think about that matchup? Do, was Creighton get this one, or is Xavier you know get him a second time? I think that I think Creighton gets it, but I think it's also going to be a really good game. Um, you know, I think I think what it'll come down to is we know both these teams love to shoot from behind the arc, and I just think that Creighton's got more when it comes to hitting behind the arc, and they also have an outstanding interior offense as well. So, I mean, you know that Mitch Ballack's going to walk out onto the court. He's going to see an NBA three-point line, and he's just going to start salivating, and he's going to shoot every, every chance he gets from behind the NBA line, and he's going to hit a lot of them too. So, I th- I just don't think that Xavier is going to be able to keep up with that, and you know everything everything that's been going on with with Creighton the last few days it's it sucked and it's it, but it's something that they'll be able to overcome at least once in this tournament. They'll uh, I think that they'll just have a little more than Xavier when uh, when push comes to shove at the end of this one. But it's going to be again, it's going to be close. So if this plays out the way we think, then that means that we would have Creighton versus UConn on uh, Friday at nine o'clock in the semifinals in what potentially could be the game of the tournament. UConn's lost to these guys twice. Um, the first time they played with Book Knight and he dropped forty points. And frankly, they should have won. They had him on the ropes, and RJ Cole misses those free throws, and you know Creighton gets it done in overtime. You know that was unfortunate. The second time they play them without Book Knight, and you know you you're not going to beat Creighton on the road without Book Knight. That just was never going to happen. If it had, then wow, <laughs> that would have been something. <laughs> so uh, round three 
if we are fortunate enough to see it, UConn's playing a lot better than they were back in that. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I do believe when they played Creighton, they were coming right off a of COVID pause, and I don't think they'd played in three weeks. So this it was, was a 17-day break after the USC game. So they they were not fresh. They did not look particularly good. But Knight was the only person who could hit a basket. So different story now. Um, RJ Cole looks like a different player. You know, Tyrese Martin is playing fantastic. Isaiah Whaley, freshly minted Big East Defensive Player of the Year. Yes, let's go. Tyler Pauly, sixth <laughs> sixth man of the year. I'm super stoked for those guys. That's that, that's awesome that you know, both of those guys got that recognition. And you know, Adama Sonogo, my God, like wh- what a baller he's been the last couple of weeks. You can just go down the list. Like you know, it's not a one man team anymore. You know, Book Knight won't be needed to score 40 points. And if he does again, then it's going to be like an epic blowout. Like you know, a 30 point <laughs> a 30 point win probably if Book Knight goes that crazy again. So. uh yeah, what do we think of that? You know, we think UConn got that one, or is that a, or what are what are we thoughts there? First off, it's really hard to beat a team three times in a year, so put that there. And then you mentioned the factors around both those games, the the home game after a seventeen day break, where you know they're a free throw, one free throw away from winning that game in regulation, and then away without book night. But this is a completely different team, even since that game. You know, you've got Booknight back healthy and rolling. R.J. Cole is, as we've already said, the guy that we've wanted him to be. The the rise of Whaley and Polly and Martin, even Andre Jackson. And as you said, Adama Sonogo, he played 12 minutes in that game in December, which at that point, 12 minutes from Adama Sonogo was, wow, this is awesome. But now look back this week and he puts in 31 unbelievable minutes against Seton Hall. He is clearly a different player in this team than they had back then. So this is just top to bottom, a, a, a UConn team that Creighton hasn't seen before. And that spells bad news for them. I just think with the way UConn's playing and the way that everything's come together, and, you know, like like I said, Creighton outside that Butler game, but, in you know, it, it is Butler. They haven't really looked great since that Villanova game. And I just, I really think that this is, this is UConn's chance to, to get into the championship game. I think it's their night to shine and I've, I've got them winning. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be an, an epic game, but yeah, I, I can't bet against UConn in this situation. All right. Well, that's the, that's the call then. So if UConn is fortunate enough to get past Creighton or whoever they play, you know, basically if UConn is fortunate enough to make the finals, then uh, I guess we should just uh, make our picks. Who, who is making the Big East tournament championship game and who is going to win? I have UConn versus St. John's, and I I have UConn winning it. I just think they proved when, uh, you know, again, this is, they've proven over the last few weeks that they are the hottest team in this conference, and they're a completely different team than the likes of Creighton and St. John's, who they only saw once this year, got to see. So I think you throw that St. John's game from earlier this year out the window, and, you know, with everything we just talked about, I just I think that this is the team to beat in this tournament, and I just don't see them getting beat. So I think that's a, a pretty solid pick, and I if that happens, I won't be surprised at all. So I also believe UConn will make the finals, and I think that waiting for them will actually be Villanova, believe it or not. Mm. So I I think I've said a couple times that like they you know the injuries have been bad, they are going to have a really hard time. But I still feel like Jay Wright is a hell of a coach. 
He is. And they are a very talented team, and I think they'll figure out a way. So here's here's what I how I think it's gonna go. So I, I think Georgetown's gonna make is gonna you know face them in the uh, quarterfinals. And Georgetown, for all their you know you know spunkiness, I guess Villanova is still a more talented team in their current form than Georgetown. They you know they'll their point guard situation is obviously a mess, but you know even just like Jeremiah Robinson Earl by himself is you know we're gonna talk we're gonna do the best player on the court rule. I think that applies here. I think Villanova yeah. will find a way. It may not be pretty, but they'll they'll figure it out. And then in the semifinals, St. John's or Seton Hall, whichever one of those teams makes it. They'll they'll be like a more talented team in like this particular situation, but this is the Big East tournament, man. Like I I just Villanova has won been winning the Big East tournament and winning in the Big East tournament for years now. Pretty much ever since UConn's been gone, they've run the show. I I just feel like they're gonna find a way. And do you really trust St. John's or Seton Hall to win a big game in the Big East tournament against even a weakened Villanova team? I'm not so sure. I, I don't. I also didn't trust Providence the other night, and for a reason, because they almost blew it. But I just, I don't know. I feel like I completely understand where you're coming from, and I am not going to be surprised if Villanova gets to the final, wins the final, and you know gets to the second weekend in uh, the NCAA tournament. But it just, like to me, against Providence, it looked like once more went out, Robinson Earl was just, Jeremiah Robinson Earl was just kind of lost. Like, just didn't have the kind of game you'd expect from him. And I think that he was really affected by the lack of a by the lack of a big-time point guard, by someone controlling the offense. I think Jermaine Samuels was great again, but, you know, I just I don't know if they have enough outside of the two of them. I mean, some good players on that team. But I just, without, without Gillespie and without Moore, it's really hard to see Villanova getting it done. But like you said, Jay Wright is an outstanding coach, and he's proven that time and time again. So it's very hard to bet against them. It's also really annoying to look at the Villanova roster and seeing Archer Diacono on there and just knowing what that name is capable of, even if he hasn't been a star on this team. I mean, you know, the kid could just all of a sudden become a star in March. We we don't know. But, yeah, I, I won't be surprised about Villanova. And it, whether they go all the way or whether they fall out in the quarterfinals. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised by any of that. All I'm saying is that I feel like betting against uh, Jay Wright in March is usually a bad idea. So, yeah. but that being said, if UConn meet, meets them in the finals, I do think UConn beats them. But well, only way one, only one way to find out. So uh, this is going to be a next a fun couple of days, isn't it? Like just I can't wait. I'm good. so excited. Yeah, it's been so long. <laughs> UConn hasn't even played in the Big East tournament since my senior year of college nine years ago. Yep. What that is West up with game. that? Uh, but uh, yeah, by the way, do you remember? Just were you were you in class watching that like I was? <laughs> um, I can. I feel like I can say this now. So I was a sophomore, and we just that whole week. I think. Um, me, my old roommate, Matt Stipulkowski and a friend of ours, um, who we were all in journalism class together. We, we went to Ted's to watch every game and obviously back then we couldn't drink, but we just sat in one of the, in one of the booths and we just enjoyed ourselves. And we were in, we were in a journalism class when, uh, as the game was about to start and we were tracking the bus, just waiting for it to get outside of our Hona. 
And as soon as we saw that the bus was coming around the corner, we waited for the teacher to turn her back and we bolted out the door and we got to Ted's in time for tip of the West Virginia game. And I mean, it's, it's a shame how it ended, but Hey, they, they made us believe that there was another tournament run in them in that one. Hey, so they did good. Hey, they won two games that year. That was considering did. how struggle, how much that team had struggled at times. So I just remember, yeah. so I guess we're going on a little bit of a tangent here, but I do, <laughs> when I was talking with, uh, with Matt about the, uh, 2011 tournament yesterday, it reminded me, so that was, and most of these tournaments was over, uh, you know, spring break, but yep. the 2012 tournament wasn't. So we were all in class. I distinctly remember, I forget which game it might've been. It probably was the West Virginia game, but I'm in like a, like a, like a lecture hall and you know, I have my laptop, I have the game on my computer. So it was like everybody else and we're all trying to play it cool and just be like, you know, watching the game, but like try to not let the teacher know we're all watching the game. And then I think Andre Drummond threw down a monster put back slam and all of us are like, you know, kind of fist pumping to each other. And then the the teacher who was like, I don't know, some like, you know, middle-aged woman in her like fifties or sixties or something just turns around and she's like, well, what's the score? Come on. And we're like, Oh, uh, <laughs> Oh yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. It's cool. I love that. That, that was always one of my favorite parts of college. That was uh that like, not to get too into the weeds, but I remember that same thing with the women's hockey gold medal game in uh, 2012. I was in class, and the Canada's overtime goal, you just hear around the, all around the whole lecture hall. Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and it was fun because, you know, there's the people who are ahead, and then a couple seconds later you get more groans because they're on a delay. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> Good times. All right. Oh, yeah. Well, Tim, before we wrap this up, you and I have one other matter that we need to discuss. Oh no! So, Don't um, do it. yeah, I'm d- I'm about to do it. So, <laughs> you own we 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 have a bet to make, and I feel like you're trying to weasel your way out of it on Twitter the other night. So, I, I'm putting you on the spot right now. This weekend, UMass Lowell and Hartford are battling in the finals of the America East tournament: Hawks versus River Hawks. I challenge you to a hot sauce shot. Me, I'm taking UMass Lowell, and I you. I assume you're taking your guys in Hartford. Will you uh, my accept my guys, challenge? <laughs> Will you accept my challenge, Tim? Uh, I don't have a choice, do I? You do not. <laughs> well, there's your answer. There you go. Tim Fontenot commits that if UMass Lowell beats Hartford he will take a shot of hot sauce that is locked in shame him on Twitter if he tries to weasel his way out you guys already know I'll do my shot of hot sauce I did it on this podcast and you guys all got to listen to me struggle uh so what are your thoughts on this game uh both of these teams are seeking their first ever NCAA tournament berth do we have any uh thoughts on how this is gonna go um I'm contractually obligated as the boyfriend of someone who works at the University of Hartford who graduated from UHart to say, go Hawks, which they are the favorite. They are hosting, and they've uh, they've played well against UMass Lowell this year. So I've got it back. John Gallagher's guys, he's done, he's done a great job, all things considered, at UHart with, you know, just the circumstances of what that program is in its conference. It's, you know... He's done. He's done a decent job. They've been to the championship game before in recent years, and I, I just think that uh, I haven't watched any of them this year, so I really have nothing to go on. But hey, I think that they can do it. So let me tell you something. 
I have not watched a single minute of UMass Lowell men's basketball this year. <laughs> However, I do have to say, my I got a whole bunch of boys who graduated from the great University of Lowell, Massachusetts. Wow. Holy crap. Let's try that again. Graduated from the great <laughs> University of Massachusetts, Lowell, the Riverhawks. And you know what? I got, I'm backing my boys. I don't know a thing there about this team, but I do know that they just, uh, they just, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to stop right there. I'm just say go Riverhawks. You know, all respect to John Gallagher, all respect to your, your girlfriend and the, all the wonderful people who work at the University of Hartford Athletic Department. But uh, you know what? I'm standing up for the North Shore, and we're going to get this done. That's, uh, you know, you can lock it in, and uh, all you guys out there can feel free to make fun of me if I'm wrong. I don't really care. I'll, I'll, take, I'll take all the shots of hot sauce you'll throw at me. Whatever. I'll, it's, it's fine. I just, want, I, just, I just want to make Tim sweat because he just knows if UMass Lowell wins, he's going to – it's going to be a – you're gonna you're gonna enjoy it's gonna yourself. Be, it's gonna be the mildest hot sauce you've ever seen. Weak. I'll, yeah, I just send yep. you a literal bottle of weak sauce. How's that sound? That that's fine by me. My palate can't handle anything more than that. Oh my god. Alrighty then. I love March. This is gonna be fun. All right, dude. Why don't we oh, yeah. why don't we call it call it a day there? Anything else you want to add before we uh, get the uh, give this a wrap? Um, playlist isn't really fully complete, but if you go on Spotify, I've been working on a playlist called That's That Yukon Bleep in honor of, uh, that line from Roswell Diggins a few months ago. Uh, yes. And, uh, it's just got a bunch of songs on it that remind me of Big East tournaments of years past, the championships, like, the, the whole reason I started doing it was, one, I was bored the other day, two, I was excited, and three... I think it was Sam Calhoun was asking about the song from the from the I Am New York montages, and I happened to find it, and I just couldn't stop listening to it. So, there you go. <laughs> awesome. Looking forward to it. You got yeah. uh, you got harder than you think on there, right? Yes, that's the one. That's the I Am New York song. Oh yeah, there you go. Okay, perfect. That's yeah. gonna say like if you if you're making a Spotify playlist and that's not on it. What are we doing here? For those who don't know, that's for for those who don't know, that's the uh, that was the theme that ESPN used for the 2011 Big East tournament, and it was the you know the part of the original intro for this podcast back when I you know could use it. So anyway, um, yeah, listen to that playlist, and uh, dude, this is gonna be fun. Big East tournament 2021, we back. You guys all know the drill. Then you guys uh, follow me on Twitter at Max Cerullo, M A C C E R U L L O. Uh, DMs are open. You can um, email us at yesuconpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, hopefully by the ne- next time you hear my voice, UConn will be celebrating its 18th Big East Championship. How's that well sound, done. Tim? <laughs> that, that just made me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> 18 Big East titles. Oh, I can already hear it on the Jumbotron. Let's go. <laughs> all right, guys. Let's enjoy, enjoy the next few days. It's March. Let's get this. You guys all have a good one. Yeah.